I'm Ninja Sista. And I'm Pandalicious. And this is the Ashcast. This is Electric Sisterhood, podcast episode number 641. The bleakiest bleak that ever bleaked. This is Electric Sisterhood, home of the original. The fucking original. Girl Gaming, Tech Gadget, and Anime Podcast. I am Ninja Sista. And I'm Pandalicious. Welcome to a brand new episode of our weekly podcast, Panda. Ninja. Panda. Ninja. How you doing, girl? I'm doing. How are you doing in your brand new life? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Miami, Miami agrees with me. The sun and the humidity. These are my friends. These are a few of your favorite things? Yes, and we've made really good friends. Oh, I bet. Which is, you know, super, super good. So, uh, I'm loving it. Uh, I'm excited. We found a place. I get to move into that really soon. And out of the hotel life, La Vida Hotela, and, you know, picking up some Spanish. So, you know, again, it's all good all the way around. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, life's good. Life's good. The only thing, the only thing is right now I don't have any game systems because they're all on a truck making their way from Massachusetts to me. So I, I have to say, honestly, I am feeling the withdrawals. I got, but, it's, but they're coming. They are coming, but I still have the shakes. One day at a time, bro. One day at a time. I understand. Like, I, I've got it lined up, okay? Like, the first thing that's happening, I'm buying a TV. And when I say I'm buying a TV, I bought a TV. It's going to be delivered next weekend. So guess what I'm doing next weekend? What are you doing next weekend? Buying an Xbox One X so I can actually play some damn games once I have a TV. <laughs> I should have, I walked right into that one. You did, and I was kind of surprised by that one. I'm not going to lie. I went, do, 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 do. You did, <laughs> right face first into it, just, Yep, I did that. And I appreciate you for it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm picking up an Xbox One X. Uh, I I kind of really wanted to get the Gold Rush one. Not so much for Battlefield Five. Not that I have anything against Battlefield Five. I just kind of like the gradient of that one. And they're not doing the Fortnite purple gradient one in an Xbox One X configuration. They're only doing it in the S configuration. And I don't want to buy an S. If I'm going to buy another Xbox, I want to get a One X. So I was like, well, the gold rush is, is out of stock. Even though I wanted that one desperately. But they've got the One X's up on sale right now, the bundled ones, so they give you an extra controller and a game, plus the One X system. Um, mm-hmm. They're on sale right now on the uh, Microsoft Store for a uh, hundred bucks, 
hundred oh. bucks off, hundred fifty bucks off, depending upon the bundle. So they're like three ninety nine. Okay, that's not that's not too bad. Right. So that's why I was like, I can do it because that's a nice chunk off because they're usually you know almost six hundred dollars for those bundles and five hundred dollars for just the box itself. So I'm like, hey, that's a nice that's a nice Adidas account. Like, I'll take it, thanks. Exactly, for the one that I want. So I'm probably going to end up getting the robot white version because uh, that is in stock. And, you know, I don't have anything against that version. And I also think it's probably going to be the cleanest and easiest one to put a skin on down the road if I want to do that to make it a little bit more stylish. So right. that's what I'm going to end up doing. Once I get my TV in and... I know that that sucker's working. I'm going to roll my butt on down to the store. Get myself. Yeah. Because I actually have a Microsoft store here in Miami. Actually, there's a couple. So I can actually go directly to the Microsoft store and they'll honor the discount that's on the web in store. Oh. So I'm going to go roll and get me one. And finally, piece by piece, slowly, ever slowly, start putting together... My new home entertainment center. Is it everything you wanted? No, but it's getting pretty close. <laughs> At least you want it's gonna, it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be pretty close. Well, you gotta remember, like all my stuff isn't here yet. So, right, I I, I got an amazing deal on a great Samsung 4K HD TV with the HDR, high dynamic range. Uh, so that's that's coming in, and so I'm going to add. On the 4K side of things, this Xbox One X, uh, I do have a 4K Apple TV that I will be connecting to the system. I'm not replacing my PlayStation, so I'm going to keep my non-4K PS4 connected in the loop and my Switch, uh, which also is not does not support 4K. But those will go back into the system. So what I'll have is a dope TV mounted to the wall and hanging off of it, <laughs> an Apple TV and a Xbox. And until I'm able to measure that space, which will happen next week, right before I get the TV. But I wanted to wait to get it put in place before I actually did my measurements to get my entertainment center so I can actually truly rebuild my entertainment center in an amazing way. Huh. Yeah. So, like, yeah. that's that's what I'm looking forward to, is actually rebuilding that system. And I haven't I mean, done I that just in meant a while. The o- I just meant the overall experience. Like, oh, yeah. I'm loving I'm the overall like experience. I'm place, like, energy yeah. invigorated, ready to, like, chart new waters. Definitely. Definitely. 110% definitely. You know, and that's, I think, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is building this space to be what I want it to be from the ground up to start with. And I've already earmarked a studio. So I'm actually taking one of the rooms in the place to make it a studio to stream from and to do shows like this from. So I'm I'm really excited about that. I've already earmarked, you know, some things that I want to do soundproofing wise, some things lighting wise that I want to do. So it's it's really really exciting. Really exciting. But enough about me and my big life changes. Which have been going phenomenally well, by the way. Let's talk games and stuff. Sure, okay. So, we talked about E3 last week. 
and you know there's still a bunch of announcements and things that have that have come out of E3. I said that I, you know there were a couple games that I wanted to spend some more time on, and really there's one that I want to spend some time on in this podcast. But before I get to the game thing, I got to talk about some some news that I heard uh, in the industry that really bothered me, and I wanted to bring it to the table. So right after E3, I saw some stories floating around my news feeds that there were layoffs that were happening at Microsoft and that the heaviest layoffs actually were going to happen in the Xbox and entertainment division. And that made me real nervous because I have a lot of friends that work in that division uh, across multiple platforms, hardware, third-party, first-party, mixer, you know, I'm not going to name drop here, but I know quite a few people across all those divisions, especially for the work that we've been doing in the industry for the last 13 years. We've met a lot of those people that started in other places and ended up there. So I was really nervous to hear about those layoffs. And then as I started to read about them and started to check my feeds, I noticed that quite a few people that I knew actually got laid off. A layoff is never, never easy. It's not something that you ever want, you know, your friends to go through. You don't want to go through it. You don't ever want to wish it on. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say that I wouldn't, that I would wish it on my worst enemy because there is nothing more crippling to a person than stripping away their ability for livelihood. Yep. Yep. And that's a, that's a tough one. It's a tough yeah. one to, to hear You've been performing well. We love what you're doing. Unfortunately, but, we can't move forward. Yeah, Take no. your shit and go. And here's a little bit of severance. And if you need a recommendation moving forward, we 100% have your back. That doesn't do anybody any good. And so one of my, my really good friends was laid off. Now, he had found out about it a month before the, uh, the announcement was happening. You know, so he has been looking for a new position, but, you know, he's also been with the organization for almost a decade. So, so that's really kind of hard to take, especially because, you know, he's, he's been on air for the brand and, and for much of the community is the face of, you know, a couple of specific programs. And so it was really difficult to hear that news right on the heels of, what I thought really, in all honesty, was probably one of the best E3s in the last five years. When you look at the totality of games announced, diversity of protagonists, antagonists, platforms, genre, you know, everything wasn't a loot shooter. Everything wasn't, you know, Captain White Male to save the day. Like, there was a lot of really diverse types of games, as well as lead characters in games that were announced at E3 this year that were still driving hype, seemed to still be driving the industry, you know, more apparel options for more brands, more indies getting to the table, getting some some shine both at ID at Xbox and also with what Nintendo's doing in the eShop store. It, It just seemed like all around... A really solid, good, entertaining, there's hope for the future of games, and there's some really cool things going to happen next year, news that came out of E3. And so, just to, to have a 
big old layoff right behind it at the end of it just it's it soured yeah it really it's soured really it for me and and I was disappointed by that you know if I'm I'm just being honest with myself I was really disappointed in that I hope that everyone who is right now looking for opportunities I hope that you're able to find them if you know anybody that was affected or you have any contacts, just get out and share them on Twitter or on Instagram. If you know of any positions open in the game industry, just use the hashtag GameDevJobs and, and get it out there because people are searching for those resources and those positions and opportunities so they can move forward. So make sure that you help some of our friends in the community out if you can, folks. I know I'd appreciate it. You're just so thoughtful, sis. Sometimes. Sometimes. And, mo- and sometimes I'm really selfish. But I own that you about myself. You know that, right. You know and you acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes you great. Aw, shucks. I'm blushing. But let's get into games and stuff. Because we sure. got games and stuff to talk about. So, on the anime tip, because it can't be an esh without us touching anime at least a little bit. Were you aware that there's a second season of Kakegurui animated on Netflix? Yes, but I haven't started watching it yet because I started watching um, Love, Death, and Robots. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I, okay. Wanted, I wanted to jump into that because I kept hearing really great things, like kind of like Black Mirror, but like it's Black Mirror-esque in some of its uh, anthology stories. And I mean, so far I haven't seen the connection connection yet. And I don't know if there ever is going to be. These might just be vignettes, which is also fine. Mm-hmm. But I was like, let me let me jump into this a little bit because I like me some Black Mirror, but I'm not ready to jump in the current season of Black Mirror just yet. So I'm getting myself acclimated to it again with, oh. with Love, Death, and Robots. Okay, so what I liked about Love, Death, and Robots, and I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast before or not, I feel like I did, but maybe I didn't because I just marathoned it as soon as it popped up on Netflix. And I was drawn to it a little bit differently because I haven't watched Black Mirror yet. But I do remember watching the Animatrix because I was a huge Matrix fan. And I've, I've since gotten over that. But back in the day, I was a huge Matrix fan. It- and I was your thing. And I, I owned the Animatrix because it's like, hey, here's two of the things that you love, like the universe of the Matrix, but in an animated story form. So what I liked about the Animatrix was that it was a collection of different stories, sometimes vignettes, but sometimes full story, drawn by different animators in different styles And just brought together by this one common thread that they had of technology. Love, Death, and Robots strikes me as the same way. Because it's not one single linear story. It is a collection of different stories. They're all brought to life in different ways. Some of them are not even strictly animated. Right. You know what I mean? And so I, I really didn't know, like, what I was in for. I didn't read the description I just saw it pop up. I liked the tile for the show. And you know how Netflix does that autoplay thing of the video? 
When, yeah, where when you hover over there, there it's it's like their version of clickbait. Hey, we'll give you a snippet of the movie or show or documentary, so that if you like, you can just continue watching it from here. Right. <laughs> Don't we love you? And so, like, I I I started the the whole thing well before like that thing even ever played. So I really went into it completely blind, and I absolutely loved it. Like, I the first. Thing. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll let you talk about it, but I I'm glad that you've started to watch it because I really would love to to hear your thoughts yeah. about it. So um so we've watched I want to say we've watched at least three or four episodes or maybe even five, and I mean like right off the bat like they I know that there's apparently a better order to watch them instead of you know numerically like in numerical ordinal order. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm far enough in this this first season of it or these this first arc cuz i don't i don't think it's going to follow a traditional arc yet i can i haven't seen any strong connections yet once i do i think i'll watch i'll look for the best way to watch them but like obviously like the first episode you you get you get these three robots who are going through an apocalyptic city where there's like no humans left you know and like you have your little peppy robot who you find out his lineage was like a baby monitor, which this pyramid-looking robot who's got like a very much a Siri-type voice is just like, you're descended from baby monitors and yet humans are extinct. And he's like, yeah, we weren't very good at it. <laughs> like, there's some really great comedy in these AIs. And so you have this little you have this little robot guy who, like I said, descended from baby monitors. You have your pyramid Siri and then you have like kind of like an AI android type and he's kind of like your i'm going to say he's very much like your minority type like he he talks kind of like stereotypical like new yorker urban like focused like very judgmental and critical about everything they're seeing and he's like kind of like Ugh, you've seen one you've seen one desolate city you've seen a million and they're like tourists they're like touring this like rundown city, and they're like, oh, like they they come across these two uh, bought dead bodies of cheerleader, like a cheerleader and I think a basketball player in a gym, and the littlest uh, robot finds a basketball and he's like, it's the entertainment sphere, guys. Like humans use these things all the time for fun, and like the android robot's like, what do you, how do you use it? And he's like, you you bounce it, and it's like, and that's what brought the entertainment. And the pyramid, you know, uh, AI is just kind of like, yes, because, you know, humans weren't very smart. And, like, like I, it, it was just very much an interesting aspect of tourism, but from an entity that is not human. I think whenever you think of, like, time capsules and, like, what will the, the people of the future think of us when they find our remains and the remains of our civilization and technology, how they'll assess it and how they'll look at it and mm-hmm. come to their own conclusions is very intriguing to me. And to put this AI artificial intelligence, you know, like it kind of brought like this harsh reality of like, oh man, like literally, yeah, we, we ran around a box bouncing a ball or sometimes hitting it with like a crude instrument and like, Putting that logical aspect on it like makes everything seem like useless and pointless a little bit. 
So it was this really interesting kind of, haha, that's funny, but also kind of sad because that's my reality that they're commenting on. So it's kind of, it was kind of this really interesting retrospective of like humanity's growth and development. And even though for us, these were all big technological things, like just how minute they are in the grand scheme of things. And it gets to a point where they, they come across a cat and they're sitting on this like bad at like this decrepit couch. And they're just like looking at this cat and like the youngest, the youngest robots just like, yeah, like there was a, there was a big internet tube where literally people would just document the, the life of these creatures and they talk about what the downfall of humanity was and like the pyramid robots, like it was climate change and they just fucked it up. And they're, and the little robots, like, actually I heard that what happened is some human got too smart and gave cat opposable thumbs and then the cats took over and they're like following a cat while they're talking about it. And then all of a sudden Chris Parnell's voice comes through as the cat and it's like yeah that is essentially what happened it's like humans got too dumb they flew too close to the sun and they gave us the advantage that we needed to overthrow them by the way i've got some friends and as he says this all these other cats start showing up like in this factory and they surround the robots and the robots are like so i guess we're on vacation permanently now huh and it cuts right out you know so it was kind of it was a a cute way to kind of poke fun at our obsession, our love-hate obsession with, you know, technology and advancements and cats. And all those things turned out to be the things that inevitably wiped out the human race. Like, it was pretty funny. And I mean, some of these are making commentary very much in the vein of Black Mirror, where, like, clearly Black Mirror is looking at the benefits the overwhelming benefits, but also the dark side of what the, these advancements can do or could be used to do in the future for humanity. And I feel like Love, Death, and Robots is also kind of playing around with that notion of there's a good, but there's also a dark side that like we're not really addressing about some of our behaviors and our choices that could have drastically different outcomes to what happens to us as a society and as a generation and as a and as a race of people and I find that really 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 interesting and I mean some of them got really heavy and really sad and one kind of threw me way way into left field because very like I think at one point we kind of got like a battle Lolita type episode where you Mm -hmm. meet this female fighter who, like, I guess she links her subconscious to a, to a monster of some type, like some type of battle-fighting kaiju Godzilla-type mm-hmm. battle. And uh, she gets propositioned by this super rich guy and, like, this super hot, like, lady to, like, throw her match for, like, money. And she's like, no, I don't do that. I don't fight for money. It's not about the fame or whatever for me. And, like, her hype man's like, you don't understand. Like, she got caught up in a bad ring of dudes who, like, raped her even after she won. So, like, she doesn't go out there for the money. She's going out there to seek, you know, revenge against those who have hurt her. You know, and, like, the guy's like, hmm, I see, and, like, walks away all sinister. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't over. Like, I knew right off the bat that, like, a twist was going to happen eventually in the episode. And she goes out and she kicks this other dude's monster's ass. Like, and there's, like, several strong symbolisms that kind of mirror 
the rape events that are alluded to before the fight mm-hmm. that like you could definitely tell it's like oh god like yeah this felt uncomfortable for me as a female to watch okay yeah but i was like okay but i get it i know why they're doing that like they want us to realize that you know this is mirroring something and even though her like her subconscious is in this i'm gonna say avatar for lack of a better word because they never really stipulate what the connection is or how it works in this ring but like her body is completely calm it's kind of like when someone who has undergone this type of stress has gotten to a point where you know they kind of astral project out of their body Mm -hmm. and they just see this event happen like it felt very similar to that and I'm not going to discuss how I'm aware of how that type of situation feels or yep. could feel to somebody. But I was like, oh, yep. Know what that's all about. Got where you're going with that. Not sure how I feel, but I see why you did it. Episode, you know, and she wins, you know, and they're celebrating her like hype men are all drinking in a corner. And like she sees the hot blonde from the beginning, like walking around her like resting area and she's all like kind of obviously intrigued and interested you know and she's just like what's the deal like you know and the blonde's just like i'm just captivated by you know you being able to be a survivor and for you to live this truth and all this stuff and like things get kind of sexually heated and i'm like oh we're gonna get some we're gonna get some loving this is gonna be great and all of a sudden this blonde like all of a sudden has like wolverine fingers and like literally spikes through this lady's face, you know, and she's like, you made, you made my, my master very, very upset by not losing this fight. And then like, she gets all like crazy and like stomps this lady's head in to like the evil, bad monarchy guy coming out of the shadows and monologuing. And as he's doing it, he's expecting this lady to like, you know, gargle on her own blood and die. And she's talking still. And he's like, how are you able to, like, we've, we've literally caved in your face. And then, like, he sees, like, this glowing bulb thing in the side of her head. And he's like, you're not even in that body. And she's like, that hasn't been my body for a long time. And as they turn around, the kaiju that is, like, recuperating in its, like, vat of, like, synthetic nano juices or whatever starts to, like, come alive in its tube and is talking to them. So it's kind of like this weird ascendance between who she is and what she is like was she never the person and she was always the entity and like or did she like come to a place where she's just fully melded with the kaiju and has just kind of lived her life truly fighting all those fights and not just you know pumping into this body but like her her fake life was the human life and not the the fights so it kind of left me like holy shit whoa that's so deep and also not deep but like what the fuck (laughs) i had so many thoughts after this episode and like i was i'm like nope i can't unpack this like i don't think that these vignettes and these episodes are really meant to be so highly critiqued and picked apart i think they're meant to resonate with something carnal and primal in you as a person i think they're meant to do both I disagree. I, I think they're meant to do both. But oh my god. Wow. Stunning. And I love the fact that they, they give you so much without having to give you all of it. I was not... You're, some of these episodes, you're completely handheld in what's happening narratively. And then some of them go completely experimental and don't. And I appreciate that we're like, hey, not sure where you're at in your like critical thinking or whatever. But like, here's a story. Can you parse it? No? Okay. 
did you get something else out of it emotionally? Possibly. All right, let's move on. And it's just like, it's like all this data at once, kind of how I feel like if, if I were a robot, which I mean, I'm not sure I could accurately explain what I feel like I'd be like as a robot, but how I imagine that I'd be as a robot, I feel like this would all be like nanoseconds of information that I'd be able to access, kind of like the three-eyed raven from Game of Thrones. Like, I have all this access to all this information. I just don't know how to access it and then how to apply and relate, I think. So it's just this infinite data stream of all this stuff. And it's kind of up to me to parse the singularity and the thing that connects them all. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And I can't wait to watch more of it. Like I said, I'm only probably about five episodes in at this point. But, like, still, like, I am so curious about what other type of singly contained stories we're going to get that are going to be as impactful as that. Well, I'm excited because I just want to know what the next season's going to be like because we did get confirmation earlier this week that Netflix is commissioning another season of Love, Death, and Robots. So it'll oh be interesting God. to see, you know, to your point, what additional stories and storytellers are going to be part of I'm kind of really into this anthology, multiple directors, you know, sub-subcontained stories that may have an underlying bigger picture down the road, but maybe not necessarily. Like, the unknown is so intriguing in this particular concept with this medium. And I think we've been seeing more of that with our shows. Like, I think Room, I'm going to butcher it because I think it's Room 402 or 502 that was on HBO. Where literally there are all these vignetted stories that are all happening in the same hotel room, but not necessarily at the same time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got like this weird, um, and I, I'm using weird in a positive way, like a Twilight Zone or like a Twin Peaks where like there's a mystery or maybe there's not a mystery or maybe it's just kind of weird. I am for it. I am down to clown. I, I mean, I think that it's it's amazing, and, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, I marathoned it when I first watched it. There was no way that I was not getting through all of the episodes that just had to happen. And right. so I'm excited for what this, the second season will be, and I'm probably going to do the exact same thing. I, I think that I would be a little disappointed if the second season was a continuation of any of the existing stories from the first season. Because like you said, I, I kind of like that they were their own finite things. I mean, if you were gonna, if you were gonna get like a somewhere a continuation, I don't remember which episode it was, but there was an episode with uh, three characters who like were doing a run across the, a galaxy. They were delivering something and they were on their way back to like get their payout and they were going to do this cut through, like, this weird code. So, like, this weird transfer code type thing to, like, hyper-shoot them through space. And, like, they go and they go and do it, but it fucks up somehow. And they end up a billion light years away from Earth. When the leader, the driver of the, the cargo ship comes to, he encounters this very beautiful blonde woman who he recognizes from an encounter several years before. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird that he encounters her, but she's like, yeah, you're, you're very far away from Earth. Even it's been, it's been, ye- it's been over a hundred or so years in light year time. Even if you got back to Earth now, it wouldn't be the Earth that you left. 
the other two in his crew have been sleeping in like a hyperbolic chamber and like because of the massive jump of time between when they jumped and where they are at now, like their minds are completely unstable. And every time that they come out of the sleep, like they literally are suffering like cabin fever, like to the max and they have to keep resedating them. One of the, I think the lady who put in the navigations at one point is like, no, even if we were that far away, that much time would not have happened. Something else must've happened. And like, she's trying to parse it as her mind is like literally liquefying in her brain, like in her head. And they put her back to sleep. There's a very hot adult scene in this episode, which I was not expecting them to go there. Like, I really didn't. And then they did. And I was like, hey, I appreciate that. Because if I were a fine dude and a woman that I had a thing with was, like, all up on me, I would definitely act in that manner. Especially after being told that, like, I'm kind of boned. So now I'm going to bone kind of deal. It was it was misguided boning, but boning still happened. Mm-hmm. But then when he finally like has the step back, he's like, "You really aren't this woman that you look like." And then, and this entity's like, "No, but I do care for everyone who ends up here. Like I do care for the souls that get trapped here." And he's like, "I need to see what you are, where we are, who you are." And she's like, "You're not ready." And like he's like, "Do it anyway." And of course, like she's not trying to sow mistrust in him. And, like, it felt very genuine to me watching it. Because, you know, sometimes you get those people who are all about illusions and don't want to break that facade because there's an agenda that they have. But it clearly, you know, in this episode, it clearly came off to me that that wasn't this case. Mm-hmm. And I know that in the, in the back of your mind, you're, we are conditioned to always believe that. So the fact that, like, when he finally got to see what the reality of the situation was, and it was bleak. Like, it was the bleakity, bleakiest bleak to ever bleed, okay? Yeah. And even I was like, nope, put me under. Give me the blue pill. Yep. Give me the red pill. I'm ready to Again, live very, in this. very, very Matrix. <laughs> very Matrixy that episode. And like, and, I, and, and it sets itself up to restart and he comes back out, back into the system, you know, and re-encounters Greta, which is like the name of this blonde that he had this super sexy encounter with back in the day. And she replays it out all over again. However, this time... When he's, when he's out in the reality, he sees that the other two uh, cohorts that he was with, their bodies had already expired and died, which is why they weren't able to assimilate into the fake reality because they were already dead in real reality. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why their sickness just, they couldn't overcome the sickness. And he's still, his body's still lingering on and there's still a bit of his actuality present and intact, which is why he didn't go nuts, I think. I'm not sure. This is my speculation. But it starts all over again and they kind of live this life, you know, and it shows you scatters between the reality of the situation and what this entity that kind of looked like a weird alien spider that also kind of had some human limbs in there. So I'm not sure if she was also eating people. I don't know you kind of see this parallel between what is and what is being shown. And you could clearly see that, you know, she is literally doing it for the serenity of those who get trapped there because there is no escape from it. Like it was very poignant and very powerful and not what I was expecting from love, death and robots. Yeah. But that's kind of the amazing thing about, you know, that's the, the series point. is that it is unexpected and, and yeah, 
you know, as you go through even more stories in, in the series, I think there's also a couple that will surprise you and will also resonate with you in a different way. It is because they are so surprising, because all of the stories are so different and their focal points are different, which makes them very interesting. But um, let's keep it moving because you said you also had a game that you played. I do. I absolutely what? do. And I haven't. And it's have not played- The Sims. It's not The Sims 4. I actually took a break from Sims 4, so I do plan to go back because they did announce that they were adding... Yeah, I know. They were adding some Pride-specific additions to Sims 4, which I'm actually kind of really into. So, like, they're doing, you know, uh, non-gender bathrooms, which, I mean, okay, dope, down for that, because now I only have to put one bathroom in my restaurants instead of two. So that's like more money in my pocket, in my Sims pocket. And um, also they are actually giving people, I think, non-binary, they're giving more gender options in the game also, which I also think is really progressive for for the Sims. And I'm actually really glad that they're they're doing that. It's nice to have that visibility in your game. And I'm really like, I'm actually kind of really proud to see that happening. But... I, I mentioned on my personal Facebook page, like, I think a week or so ago, that I was going to be doing a stint on another show, which I thought was just going to be a one-off, but I think it's going to be a multiple-off. I don't know yet. But uh, that show is called The Geek Down. Pat, you my boy. What up? What up, Pat? Um, like, Pat B and his Geek Down crew, giving, giving mad love and respect to me in their space, which I super appreciate. So you guys are baller. Glad to be, like, shadow part of the team, sort of. We'll see. Pat threw me threw me a code to play this game that I played on the Xbox One, even though you can also play it on Steam. Currently, you can find it for about $26 on Steam. I think it's actually $29 on Xbox One if you don't have a code. What's um, the game name? Of, the Game's name is Void Bastards, and I'm sorry for the explicit name, Wait, but we are you, you played podcast. Void Bastards? I played Void Bastards. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, so so I got my hands on that thanks to Pat B and the Geek Down. Much appreciates. Walking into this, I wasn't too sure if I was going to like it, because, I mean, I do like me some first-person shooters, but we know that I'm more of a spray-and-pray kind of girl unless I got me a snipe. right. You know, so like here I am, like okay, I'm gonna jump in this game. I'm gonna grab all the guns, and I'm just gonna blah blah blah, chicka blah blah. And uh, you kind of can't because so in this game, you as the player play a multitude of people. It's very rogue. It's a roguelike game where literally, you know, when you die, you essentially have to start over, and you do start over from scratch. There's permadeath for each of these characters. You have literally. Are on this, you're on this spaceship where it's kind of like a prison, and you've all been like soylent greened down into these packets, client packets that like when you get reanimated or reactivated or rehydrated, as the game likes to call it, when someone fails their mission, a new client packet is poured into these little little ships, and then you're reanimated, and then you are given an objective and a task. And you have to, your time management is crucial in this game. Your item management is crucial in this game because you are 
managing your your resources for your weapons, your food, your fuel, because you have to jump from each of these other ships, and you're pretty much scavenging your way through space because you have to get these two items that will allow you to recreate an ID badge that will allow you to like safely enter into this planet and outside of this nebula that your prison plane prison shuttle has been like trapped in so you have to navigate and choose which ships you're going on to to scavenge because there are um in this nebula humans that were there have all been corrupted by this thing that have turned them all into mutants that are very much about killing you all the time uh-huh and then there's and then there's also robots that are also trying to kill you all the time and, you know, you may only have 12 bullets in your pistol and, like, you don't get the chance. You have to preset your loadout before you even go onto this boat. And you can leave the boat whenever, like, the other ships whenever you want, but you have to find food. You need to find fuel because if you run out of fuel, your ship can't jump anymore. And then when you run out of food, you starve. And you So there's all these ways to die outside of the conventional, oh, something shot me or stabbed me or ate me. Everything out in space doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. And you have to figure true. out how to, and you have to figure out how to get them to stop liking you long enough for you to survive. So if that wasn't enough, each of the characters that gets reanimated and rehydrated has a particular skill set and they have a benefit and they have a detraction. So I mean, I have not had a chance to I have not been reactivated or rehydrated as all the types just yet. Okay. But the few that I have, I think I've been a smoker, which the way that the the maps are set up, you have so much oxygen and that's kind of your timer. Because if you run out of oxygen, you asphyxiate and you die. And yep. then you have to Typically, start over. that's how that works. Except right. you start over. Well, like it's, well, I mean, you, no, you, right. Humans don't get to, most times don't get to nope. start over. You don't get to start over. <laughs> Not that way. Nope. But so you have this timer of your oxygen and all ships will have an Atmos room where you can go and get more oxygen that will extend how much time you can roam around and salvage and, like, forage for stuff on these ships. But you run out of ammo really quick, you know, and you can't make more bullets, so you have to find bullets, or you have to use a workbench to tweak your stuff so that you can hold more things. And, like, you're, you're practically building your arsenal that will allow you to continue to live. But I had a smoker who he gulps oxygen faster than everybody else because of his bad lungs. So, like, my timer would decrease faster because of his handicap. However, he also had the ability that he could see all the baddies on the map without me having to doubt, like, get to the helm and download where their locations were because he was That's helpful. So, like, but they all have different subsets. So, apparently, there's, like, one who's short. And the short one is always actively in cover because he's just... Tiny, but he also has a mobility ability that allows him to move faster than everybody else. So I don't have to run as the smaller guy because I'm already just more intuitively fast. So while I can't do cover shots because I'm already kind of in cover, I have increased speed, which would allow me to dart past baddies if I don't have the ammunition to take out the baddie. Yeah. You know, and you can use the environment against them also because apparently these robots and these aliens are really dumb and don't know how to lock doors. So you can like stealth around. Yeah. 
but like you can go around stealthing and salvaging and then like luring the big baddies that can one shot you into an airlock room where you can lock them in and then shoot them out the airlock which I've done a couple of times that'd be fun I can see why people in sci-fi movies like to space people all the time because like I did feel really powerful being like F you (laughs) (laughs) it was very therapeutic to the rage that I have deep in my stomach and my soul (laughs) It, it was very cathartic for me which was nice I haven't played a lot I think I've only gotten through about five ships so far and I've died about about five times, so one person per ship <laughs> so far. Okay. Um, but everything that your previous client characters make roll over to your next one, so you're not your inventory doesn't start over. Your character does, and their initial load set changes every time you die. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is. I think there's there's a couple of issues that I do have with Void Bastards only because. There's the premise of, oh shit, I have to do all this bad stuff to survive, but there's no essential overarching big bad. Like, it's not like I'm running from a corporation who wants to continue to keep me, like, soiled green. Nothing outside of the mutants that I'm encountering on these abandoned ships are attacking me, so it's not like I'm running from something. Okay. So, like, there's no strong agency for me to succeed besides living and surviving to the next ship. And because we have infinite amount of clients on the void ship, like I said, there just seems to be no agency or motivation to continue because, oh no, I may die, but like, I still have this souped up blueprint for this gun that I'll be able to give another character to continue on. So I mean, like, it, it's kind of a palate cleanser game for me at this point because it's something I can come in and do, flex some skill, work on some stealth skill, work on some, you know, item management when I'm not playing something that is like narratively driven and hardcore time consuming for me. I love the animation style. I kind of like where Blue Manchu, who is the publisher of this, is going with it. And it was part of the Humble Bundle that I know a couple of people also got their hands on it. You continue to stumble when referring to... I say Humble Bumble. Bumble, double, double. Yes, because I'm a human and I make mistakes and I'm prone to air. Because air is human. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we've baby. established that you're human because I, I am know human that there was and proud. Question. Proud to be a homo sapien. Pride. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, it's available on Xbox One. I think there's also going to be a PS4 version, but I don't know if that's out yet. It is available on Steam, so you can get that for your, your computer of choice. I Actually, I should stay corrected. I don't think that there is a... I was about to say, I'm pretty sure that it's not on Mac. It's not on Mac. I believe Windows and Steam. But I, I think it's it's a fun little detour into a fun little premise that I'd like to see some... I'd like to see some expanse in it. But, like, I, I appreciated my space detour. Quite a bit. I've been really into sci-fi lately now that I think about it. That's so weird. No, I mean, we all go through our phases, right? You know, it's right. It's kind of like the Gone in 60 Parsecs type of, of game as well, which is, you know, resource management, character management, and, and a little bit of strategy. And, and there are I mean, quite I think, a few I games. think the multiple characters, like being able to be multiple different mm-hmm. types of people. It's a nice mechanic. It is. And I think that's what kind of has me mildly intrigued with Watch Dogs Legion because you essentially get to be 
anybody mm-hmm. and this permadeath. So, like, I think we're going to see a trend in roguelike permadeath be anybody. Like, I'm okay with roguelike themes in games. I, I've been okay with permadeath for quite some time. And and I also like roguelikes, okay? My, my thing with Watch Dogs 3... Which, you know, we're not supposed to call it Watch Dogs 3. We're supposed to call it... I said Watch Dog Legion. We're supposed to call it Watch Dog Legion. And I don't like to call it Legion. It's Watch Dogs 3. Okay? (laughs) Just because you're trying to put a name on it to separate it from Watch Dogs 1 and 2 does not change the fact that it is a literal sequel to your last game, which was 2. So, no, I'm not going to play the game like everybody else does and give you that pass. It's Watch Dogs 3. Now, continuing on from that, I think that <laughs> is an interesting mechanic of them basically letting you recruit multiple agents and be any member of DedSec. Come on, and, the and, Grand Squad? And, and You're not intrigued with the idea of, like, an elite group of hot nans? It's... A gimmick to try and get me to forget the past two games, and I'm sorry, no, you're not going to get a pass with just letting me create Golden Girls assassins. No, Come that's on. not enough. No, I mean, no, just a, like you had your lines in the sand that you drew with Endgame. No, yes. I bought okay. Watch Dogs one oh. and two. No, okay. Grand Squad does not sis. make up for it. Okay, sis. Okay. Okay. You are right. I like the idea. You can have your line in the sand because I have my lines in the sand. Okay. 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 I give you that it is a fun and cool looking mechanic, but it is one gimmick. Okay. It does not change what the core of the game is. And I have yet to see anything that they've shown that shows me that Legion, a.k.a. Watch Dogs 3, is any different than two other than who you play as and that there's permadeath. Because it still seems to be the whole dead sec line. It still yep. seems to be that regardless of who, whomever you recruit, it is still going and, you know, performing random acts of digital vigilanteism. Right? Yes. So, like, the core mechanics haven't changed. And guess what? There were problems with those core mechanics. You know, moving around as characters and actually getting your character to hack the thing you wanted them to or engage with the thing that you wanted them to. That's where I had a lot of frustration and just ended up, like, leaving the fucking game. And that doesn't seem to be addressed. It just seems to be like, here's a different skin you can put on the top of that now. So now instead of being the dude that I wasn't interested in, Aiden, in the first game, and the dude that I was only quasi-interested in in the second game, now it's you can be any skin you want. Again, yeah. for me, that's not enough. So I'm hopeful, okay? I haven't written the thing off. I'm not canceling it, okay? And I know that cancel culture Cancel culture is so canceled. Right? And I'm not canceling it, but what I'm saying is Grand Squad isn't enough to sell me. You're going to have to come okay. stronger with that. you got to show me how the game is different. you got to show me how I'm going to have a better time with this one that actually this one's going to be worth my money because the first two weren't. Okay. Okay. That's all I'm You're saying. not wrong. And I's saying for me, okay, there's, there's a lot of people that enjoyed Watch Dogs too. I remember what they showed me the game was going to be at E3 and at PAX East before it came out, and those were drastically different games. 
And I did not enjoy playing Watch Dogs 2. I think I played for maybe four hours and was like, nope, this is boring. I'm not enjoying this. This isn't a fun game. I can't control the things I want to control. I'm overwhelmed with all the things that I'm seeing. I'm not giving clear direction on what it is that I actually need to do. Do I even actually need to do anything? Like, it was just not fun. So I'm going to wait and let them prove to me that this one is going to be fun, that this one's going to be worth my money, and then at that point, I'll jump on the hype train. But, like, Grandma Assassins, cute gimmick, but I can recognize a gimmick versus when you actually have something to sell me on, okay? It's like the difference between the way that they pitch Legion, okay, and the way that they pitch Ghostwire. Yeah, true. True, true, true. Okay, so... Ghostwire tip. So, I'll wait. Okay, the game that I'm most interested in and the one that I wanted to talk a little bit about, I mentioned that, you know, I was excited when Microsoft bought Ninja Theory and brought them into Xbox Game Studios. And I was really going to be curious about what the first game that they actually make for Xbox was going to be. So I was... Frankly surprised, but also very thrilled when they announced Bleeding Edge as the Ninja Theory game at E3. Now, have you checked out Bleeding Edge at all? No. Okay. Well, you can go to bleedingedgegame.com and you can even sign up for the technical alpha, uh, which is going to start the 27th of June, I think. So very, very soon, right? But what Bleeding Edge is, is it is a... 4v4 online Mm -hmm. PvP melee game. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Okay, I remember this. I remember this. (laughs) Okay. Created by Ninja Theory. The folks that gave me Heavenly Sword and Senua's Sacrifice have now made a 4 and 4 PvP melee game. You know I'm going to be interested in that. Because, as we've talked about before on the podcast, way, way back in the day, and and even to some of our earlier podcasts, I enjoy brawlers. I cut my teeth on brawler fight and fighter games when I was starting out as a gamer. You know, once we got through the platforming stuff on the television, the next... All I ever played was... Final Fight, Fatal Fury, Double Dragon, like just nothing but brawler games. And then I got into Fighters, Virtua Fighter, Toshinden, like all kinds, oh, yeah. fucking Toshinden, but all kinds of fighting games. And they're the games still to this day that I am almost always drawn to, attracted to, find a, probably my biggest chunk of joy playing where my gamer bias is, okay? If I'm completely transparent, I'm always going to prefer a fighter or brawler to a platformer or a puzzler because those are just the things that nostalgically I have a connection to, but also they tend to be the type of games that I, I enjoy. They're not crazy, crazy long. They have, you know, some story. Some of them have some really intricate story and and character development and just fun to play so needless to say a melee game 
from Ninja Theory, who I have a lot of respect for as a developer, piqued my interest. So I, I spent a little time this week looking into the game, and I went ahead and I signed up for the technical alpha because I really do want to be a part of it, if at all possible. So, Ninja Theory, if you're listening, like, hook a sister up. Like, I'd appreciate it. Like, seriously, hook a sister up. But I have also talked on this podcast before that I don't particularly like PvP. I don't really have a lot of good experiences online in PvP. But Bleeding Edge looks so flipping cool that I'm willing to give it a shot and just stay off mic in order to play it because the character designs look amazing. Some of the arena designs that they've shared out already look fantastic. You know, I would say that if you look at the trailer, many of the character designs look to be at the same level as like Overwatch and Apex. Ooh, okay. But they are very unique characters. In their design. Still the same classes. You know, you've got your rogues. You've got your your tanks. You've got your healers. But it's a straight up four on four fight. And I'll be honest. I miss Overwatch. But the community there has become a little toxic for me. A little too toxic for me online. So I haven't gone back in there. It would be nice to start off with a community that... I feel is going to be a little bit better simply because, and I could be wrong, okay, so I'm going to state that right now, but I do think that there's going to be less toxicity in the Bleeding Edge community. One, because it is an Xbox game, and it appears that it's going to be Xbox only, not Xbox first, but Xbox only. It's going to be in Game Pass day and date, and so you're going to have a lot of people on Mixer streaming the game and playing it and you're going to have a lot of the Xbox community playing with themselves and <laughs> and Xbox these days seems to be more committed to having gaming be for everyone which means if people act like dicks in the game theoretically then there should be more ban hammers going around which should lighten kind of the dick road. You know, I feel like, you know, with Overwatch, it's a little bit different because you have such a huge fucking Overwatch community because they're everywhere on every platform. And so that's a little bit more difficult to police when your pool is made up of, you know, seven adjoining rivers. It's kind of hard to block off one river. Right. All the egress points. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm hopeful that the community will be better. On Bleeding Edge. Because I really want to play the game. Like, looking at the characters, especially the character that's in there called Rika. I really want to play this game. It just looks hella fun. And knowing the kind of attention to detail, character creation, background story, and environment that Ninja Theory does... I just, I can't imagine that this game is not going to be visually stunning, that it's not going to be, you know, some kind of quirky or funny, and that those things will allow me to enjoy it on top of, or in spite of, its online PvP nature, I guess is what I'm getting at. Okay. 
So it's one that like you're gonna have to get because we're gonna have to play it. Look, I don't make the request very often for games that we have to play together. <laughs> well, you make a lot of requests. I just don't always adhere to them. Okay, but like, there's only a few where I'm like, no, we have to do this. Versus, I'd really like you to do this. Like the we have to do this, I buy you the game. Yeah, I know. So that there's very happened. few of those, is what I'm saying. Yes, there are few. I'm gonna buy you this game. Oh, That's the level of you have to play this with me. Okay, sis. That's what I'm okay. getting. Okay. Okay. I'm not <laughs> buying Borderlands 3 for you. Well, I'm buy it for me. I'm going to play it. <laughs> you got, okay. And if you want to play it, you can play it. I'm not going to make you play it. I'm going to make you play Bleeding Edge. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's going to happen. So, like, you just have to accept that into your life. And accept that we're going to have playdates to play this game. I can do that for you. You can do it for me, but you can also do it for the people. Because this is going to be one of those games that we end up streaming. Right. So, I mean, then then it will be something I have to do. I literally (laughs) said you have to play this game with me. Like, what part of the English did you not understand? Now I really have to, though. Yeah, you do. You do. So... You know, we've we've got a a cool clip show planned for you guys next week because as we mentioned before, the Eshcast is ending. And yep. it's been a hell of a run. Super. Next week we get to look back on some like really fun, crazy moments. <laughs> if you if you had asked me thirteen years ago if I'd still be doing this. Well, actually, if you had asked me after year two, if I was still going to be doing this for, like, another three years, I would have told you, fuck no. Because you weren't doing it then. I mean, I was there physically, but I wasn't there emotionally. I just wasn't there yet in my you life. You weren't timeline. physically present. I would ask you questions, and you'd be like, And I'd be uh-huh. like, yeah. And then, no. and then you would yeah. say the exact thing I said and ask me the question I asked you back. Oh. Sometimes. I, hey, hey, I was a douche. I admit that wholeheartedly. I could have been so much better. And then I got better for a while. Yep. Yeah. And so, then... yes, if you had asked me year two, if I'd be do, I would do this for five years, I would tell you no. And the simple fact that here we are 13 years later with a show that literally is old enough to be a I'm at the I hate you mom phase. Yes. Which is terrifying to me. <laughs> oh my God. We have created something that has existed for 13 years. 13 years. 13 years. I remember me at 13. I was a shit show. So I I'm mean, kind of. No judgment. As, as, as a creator and, oh, this is going to make me sound very, very conceited, but. As the as a co-creator of this entity that we have put into the world, I am glad that we were at a place that before it could get ugly and turn on me, we just old yellering it real quick. Wow, that's that's, that's not what we're doing, but like that's really dark. Like we're not I'm putting just, a I'm bullet just in that it. We're like, just look at the sunset, Timmy. Like, <laughs> no, that's 
not wow. It's like look, wow. look that way, Ash. Wow. Look at that beautiful sunset. No, that's Long, not that's or like black screen sopranos. Maybe that's more accurate. Black screen sopranos ending. <laughs> Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Ash could come back. It prob- it's not. It's Sopranos. It's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like, well, I think we have obviously in 13 years have grown into, I don't want to say completely different people. But no, we're definitely different our women perspectives now. perspectives about things have shifted. And Ash will always be, like, our home. But at the same time... It grown now. It needs to get out my house and go live its life. And now I need to go live a new part of my life. Wow. You're living a new part in your life. And now this will allow us to be able to have those types of conversations and do those other things in this platform under a different guise because it it, this fits the ideal better. It 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 will it will it will shape the better. What Pandal is. Very, 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 very complicatedly saying. I mean, I could just simply say we want to change what we do, but not change everything that we do. So we're we're leaving the girl, the little girl pants alone, and we're putting on the adult yoga pants. I mean, that is also a complicated way of saying that Guys, we are leaving Ash, and we're we're like we're like a hermit crab. We out. Can I just speak, Jesus? And we're and we're moving to a bigger shell. <laughs> Can I just say it? Because yeah, the way that ahead. you say it is I very. Just, I wanted I wanted to get that hermit crab in there. I, I know you've been trying there. to like it work a hermit crab reference in for I can't even remember how long. Oh, you don't man, even have hermit crabs. Time. I know, but I like them. But anyway, go ahead, sis. <laughs> So, we are ending the Esh Audio Podcast. That is ending this month. Next week is our last show. It's a fun show. We get to look back and have a blast doing it. I'm very excited to have you guys listen to it and reminisce with us. It'll be dope, okay? That being said, there's just a lot of things that we want to talk about. We are older now than when we started the podcast. We're 13 years older than each of us was when we started the podcast. And we are wanting to talk about other issues that we just really don't think fit under the Esh banner. You know, we're not as big into the anime as we used to be. Each of us. We are playing games, but we're playing different games. And we're not migrating from games to games as often as we were and we're watching more movies and more series but we're looking at them differently you know we've talked about it before diversity and representation are very important to both of us now and they resonate with us on different levels now than they did when we first started the podcast and it doesn't make sense for us to have deep diversity conversations and what it means to see black women in leads roles on TV or Netflix series or, you know, pick the medium. Doesn't really fit here in Esh, where we talk about video games, tech gadgets, and anime. To not talk about those things and to talk about pretty much everything other than those things. So, we're starting Black Compat. And... Over the next month, we're going to be getting our tech lined up. I mentioned that I'm putting together a studio in my new house, you know, for streaming. And we're going to be streaming games 
on our own and together. And we're also going to have a monthly tribunal where we talk about these issues that are really, really important to us. And, and we want to invite the community to interact and have that conversation back with us. So we're going to be leveraging Mixer. We're going to be leveraging chat so you can come in as we're broadcasting live, be part of the conversation, ask us questions, submit topics for us to talk about during that show. It's, it's a much different space for us to be in. And we're really excited about it to talk about all of these things that we think are ands and not ors for not only our own experiences, but to be able to invite some of our friends from the industry that have their own experiences and their own voices and unique takes on things to bring those to the table as well. So we're really excited to to build what we really, really are looking forward to of being a super interactive community through video and I can't say enough about these these 13 years. I'm glad that you finally showed up, sis, and that you stayed and that you continued to show up because there was a whole long period of time there where you just wasn't showing up. Like, at, I wasn't. At all. But I was also young and very stupid. That's what and I'm saying. And you now grown. I'm less stupid right. and less young. You know, again, you've done the thing. And, and this 13 years of doing this show has been absolutely, absolutely one of uh, the great joys of my life because I've gotten to be nerdy with you, sis, and with all of the people who listen to our podcast and enjoy what it is that we do. And we've gotten to go to some amazing shows and to be part of some amazing communities. You know, we I have enjoyed PAX so much. And we're now open to do some other events, you know, especially with where we hope to take Black and Pat. There's a lot of other shows and a lot of other communities that we're going to be able to listen to, to learn about, to be part of. So it's, it's an exciting chapter. So as one is closing, another one is opening. But understand, Esh is not going away. The website is still going to be there. We're still going to be creating content for the channel. So, like, it's not like an overnight, like, hey, flip off the light switch at, Fl- at Flynn's Arcade and walk down the street. Like, that doesn't happen. The content creator network doesn't go away. Esh isn't ending. Just the Esh cast. So, if you've enjoyed the show and you enjoyed everything that we've been doing, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. That way you can check out our new episode when it comes out. But you can also check out our archive of shows. We're not taking them down. So you can visit our site, electricsisterhood.com, to check out the entire archive of all of our shows, all 640 plus of them when we're done. Like, that's a number that I'm really proud of. And you can definitely hit us up on our social, at ESH News on Instagram, at ESH News on Twitter, and Facebook.com slash Land of Ash. If you have any questions that you want to ask us or you just want to reach out and be like, hey, you should check this thing out or that thing out, please do hit us up on our social and let us know. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. We still have videos that are going to be going out on our YouTube channel. 
Uh, as we get closer to actually our official launch date for Black Compat, we will definitely put that up on the website. So again, make sure that you bookmark the website, electricsisterhood.com. If you like what we do, then please make sure that you check out all of the other amazing content creators that are part of our network. That includes our homie King Baby Duck over at B3Crew.com with his bi-weekly show, No Borders, No Race, where he spins some great international music from artists that you probably haven't heard of, but you really should give a listen to, as well as reviews anime, manga, movies, music, video games, and more. So definitely make sure that you check out B3Crew.com and the man, the myth, the legend, King Baby Duck, and No Borders, No Race. On Wednesdays, our homie Hamsterman2049 streams live on Twitch. Make sure you check out his Twitch channel because he streams new games and old. You can jump into chat, ask him questions, and give guidance, all that kind of stuff. He loves it when people interact. And you can check out his site, smashrook.com. One of my favorite human beings on the planet, Phil the Issues Guy with Phil's Recap and Review, which you can find on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe so you can get the notifications. Make sure you click the bell when he puts out new episodes. His recap shows are some of my favorite recap shows on the entirety of the internet. So please make sure that you check him out and his website issuesprogram.com and then last but certainly not least keeping you up to date with all the stuff that nerds crave from comic books movies music manga anime video games and more if it's nerdy at all the nerds over at nerdcrave.com are talking about it so with that said make sure that you check out all of our sites that you find us on social interact with us bookmark those sites check out those shows engage with our content and we will see you when we see you as always, I'm Ninja Sista. And I'm Pandalicious. Until next time. Titties.